0: Welcome to Twin Peaks Radio, the show where we remember from the words of Major Garland Friggs, A real mystery can't be solved, not completely. It's always just out of reach, like a light around the corner. You might catch a glimpse of what it reveals, feel its warmth, but you can't know the heart of it, not really. That's what gives it value. It can't be cracked. It's bigger than you and me, bigger than everything we know, or... Like everyone else doing a podcast or video series on Twin Peaks. Let us pretend we can solve all of it if we just keep banging our heads against it. I'm Professor Robert E. G. Black, and today I want to continue the conversation about, well, secret societies. The thing is, the show is ostensibly going to be a rewatch of the series. One episode at a time, but probably even smaller chunks. Let tangents be tangents. But I am currently rewatching the show, getting my wife to watch it. And we're on season three, so I'm waiting to get to my rewatch. So, just having a little fun before I get going. Before I get to the pilot of Twin Peaks. I have read Secret History of Twin Peaks, the final dossier, the secret diary of Laura Palmer. I have a copy of the Welcome to Twin Peaks Access Guide to the Town, which I have open on my screen at the moment, actually. Because where I want to start. I also have a
1: copy of the, I forget the title, but the Dale Cooper Tapes book. I don't have it in front of me. Where am I starting? Let's start with the physicality. I said I wanted to check the geography before this episode.
0: The access guide to the town isn't 100% canon, but
1: it's useful. And I had this thought. I wanted to ask this and take a survey, but I didn't know where to do it. In the show. Whenever they show the Great Northern, my question for you is, I'll give you a moment to think about it. You're looking at the Great Northern, you're looking at the waterfall. Where is the town of Twin Peaks? In my head, I always imagined it was behind me. That the Great Northern somehow looks over the town. But that's not right. And that's
0: interesting. Because on the map, the Great Northern and the river, the Columbia River, flowing north, is west of town. I saw another map that made me think that the town was behind the Great Northern. So you're looking at the Great Northern, looking at the waterfall, and Twin Peaks is farther beyond it. But this map in the access guide to the town puts Whitetail Falls off to the west, and the river is flowing north to Black Lake. Black Lake is on the border. I believe in the first episode of the show they suggest the town is five miles from the border, but that's not accurate. Maybe that's something Dale says when he's driving up and he's five miles from the border. I don't remember. We'll get to that when
1: we get to the pilot. To the west of town, you have Whitetail Mountain. And to the east of town, you have Blue Pine Mountain. While it's not specifically
0: positioned in place of the mountain, I should look at the diagram. Where's my diagram. Let's look at the Owl Cave map. The thing I really want to know from the Alcave map as I open it, it has nothing to do with the geography. It has to do with this thing at the bottom of the map. Because maybe it's a map of the town. Maybe it's a setup of roads, but I don't think so. This map predates the town. What it looks like is a monster. But what monster? Who decided what went on the Alcave diagram? Behind the scenes, I mean. The Alcave map came up in the second half of season two, where Lynch had basically stepped away. I believe Frost was still involved. They are both officially connected, of course, and Lynch would come back for the finale. But if you look at the alcave map, you have two figures up at the left
1: that look like they are supposed to be the giant, later called the fireman, and the man from another place, later called the arm.
0: Except that doesn't fit, despite the part where they say one and the same, which gets into the whole psychological thing I was talking about last time in theory well no in the tv show it's it's fair until firewalk with me i think we can assume that the arm is good but that doesn't make sense with the story of mike and bob mike cut off his arm to stop killing the arm should be evil so one and the same doesn't mean they're the same it means that they serve the same purpose and so in the future we can assume The arm is the waiting room representative of the Black Lodge. And the fireman is the waiting room representative of the White Lodge. So if you take all of Twin Peaks and lump it all together and try to retrofit, then maybe the monster at the bottom. Maybe it's Bob. Or maybe it's Judy. We'll talk about both of them today. Or next time. This conversation will go in a few parts. But you look at that map. And it's got... I don't know what's up at the top either. It's very strange. The shape of the lake fits with Black Lake on the access guide. The waterfall seems to be falling toward us, but that's just the diagram. This puts, we know, Whitetail Mountain is to the left, Blue Pine Mountain to the right. That means, according to the Owl Cave map, Glastonbury Grove should be... Southwest of Whitetail Falls. But it also seems to be in the water if you look at the map wrong. It's it's weird with the lines. It's hard to gauge exactly where it is, and usually people put it to the east of town, toward Blue Pine. Blue Pine is where the listening station was, where Major
1: Briggs worked. I believe that Dr. Amp is on Whitetail though. Which is interesting. Anyway, Judy, Bob, let's go there first. Let's start with Bob. No, let's go backward. Maybe we'll come to Judy and Bob next time. Or maybe
0: we'll go to Judy and Bob and then loop back around into the secret societies. Because I want to talk about the Illuminati and the Masons. I don't want to get into horrible detail about them. Because you can just check a Wikipedia page if you want tons of detail. Look them up on Google. What I want to make is the connections. Because, you know, that's what we do. You want to talk about Twin Peaks? It's about making connections between the things. Because these are dreams. The show is a dream. And so how you connect things doesn't always have to be consistent, but it does have to make sense. The giant is good. The arm seems good, but a little tricksterish. But look at them above the convenience store. They're together, except that's a meeting. Maybe that was a meeting between the lodges. Bob lived above the convenience store, with Mike, with the others.
1: But the arm was coming to visit because he'd already been separated. Maybe. Books. I read Moonchild by Aleister Crowley, that is mentioned in The Secret History. I have a copy of The Devil's Guard, which I'm going to read, but I haven't read it yet. These are where the ideas come from, presumably. Consider this. This is from Moonchild.
0: The Black Lodge magician clings to his one curve, tries to make it permanent to exalt it above all other curves. We're just as selfish. Only we realize that other things beyond our own consciousnesses are equally ourselves. For instance, I try to unite myself as intimately as I can with every other mind or body or idea that comes in my way. So the Black Lodge puts itself above others, while the White Lodge connects everything. I would point out that in this story, only mentioned briefly, is a Professor Briggs, So then I looked it up further. There were a series of stories based around the character of Simon If, who was one of the characters of Moonchild. And there's a different story called The Conduct of John Briggs, which I don't know the details, but apparently John Briggs has been accused of killing his nephew, and Simon If comes in to investigate. Simon If is a magician and a detective, so there's a lot involved. Then
1: I went further,
0: looking up where Briggs might have come from. An interesting thing, if you know the case of the Mary Celeste, it's a ship that disappeared December 5th, 1872. The captain of the ship, Benjamin Spooner Briggs. So Briggs is one who is also connected to a real-life person who disappeared. Remember, when Major Briggs disappears, he comes back in a strange sort of old-fashioned aviator outfit, like he's been to another time. And when he dies, his body hasn't aged the right amount of years because he's become a sort of part of the White Lodge, we can assume, and doesn't age the same, doesn't travel through time the same. And I would take you back to, this is Mysteries of the Unknown, the UFO Phenomena, Time Life Books, in a little aside they call the Oz Factor. Major Garland Briggs. Where's his name come from? Briggs and Garland. We know David Lynch likes The Wizard of Oz, right? Well, Judy Garland. Star of Wizard of Oz. Garland Briggs. And Judy, of course. We'll loop back around to that later. I'll read you this thing. The Oz Factor. Moviegoers can readily imagine the sense of displacement Dorothy must have felt when she was whisked out of Kansas and transported to the mysterious land of Oz. That feeling, says British ufologist Jenny Randalls, may resemble the perceptions experienced by people who encounter, or at least believe they encounter, unidentified flying objects. Randall says her studies show that many UFO witnesses experience what she calls the Oz Factor, a sense of timelessness and sensory isolation, in which the witness feels the UFO has temporarily sucked him into a kind of void where only he and the phenomenon coexist. This might occur, she speculates, when a person who is in a state of consciousness below normal waking reality interprets some natural condition, object, or event, a bright planet, for instance, as being preternatural in origin. Randall's further theorizes that in some rare cases, the witness's subjective impression is strong enough to manipulate objective reality. In other words, a person who is caught in the grip of the os factor may actually be able to photograph something that he or she sees, even though it does not in a completely objective sense exist. Randall's theory, which is dismissed by most other researchers, does not rule out alien contact. On the contrary, the theory posits it as a possible source of the bizarre events that witnesses believe they experience. It may be, she says, that outworlders are contacting humans through consciousness alone rather than with sophisticated technology. These alien beings are somehow able to induce a subjectively real incidence of an encounter. If this is so, a particularly sensitive person might serve as a sort of radio receiver of cosmic messages. So then I went to looking up things about secret societies,
1: the Masons, the Illuminati, the Rosicrucians, back to the Knights Templar. I got sidetracked, is what happened, particularly by the statue of Baphomet that is at Rennes-le-Chateau.
0: If you know your conspiracy theory stuff, you've probably heard these terms. If not, it's a church in France, and it's got a demon over the door. But the thing is, these demons aren't always demons. Angels aren't always angels. Different cultures take the same beings that one earlier culture worshipped. And the organizations, the same. They aren't always good or bad. I mean, the Illuminati are Richard Spence, Ph.D., writing for the University of Idaho. The Illuminati orator was represented by a symbol of the ancient goddess of wisdom, Athena, or the owl of Minerva. And their point was enlightenment. It was good. It was... The Illuminati followed a supreme goal of freeing men and giving them a happy life. They're not the evil group that the archivist suggests. In secret history, the archivist suggests that, or we have to infer some of this, the Masons are the White Lodge, or connected to the White Lodge, and the Illuminati are connected to the Black Lodge. This isn't strictly true, but it also is because we can interpret from Twin Peaks that the White
1: Lodge and the Black Lodge are not, strictly speaking, separate. Places. They are separate purposes. To be continued. Until then,
0: remember, in the words of Major Garland Briggs, mystery is the most essential ingredient of life. Mystery creates wonder, which leads to curiosity, which in turn provides the ground for our desire to understand who and what we truly are. This has been a production of Lemming Drops Studio. You can find links to more at lemmingdrops.com or join the Facebook group Lemming Drops Studio Tour. Also, you can support all our shows at patreon.com/lemmingdrops. Follow the show on Twitter at Peaks Radio, on Facebook at Twin Peaks Radio, and Instagram. Forgot there was an Instagram, I haven't been announcing that. And remember, the owls may not be what they seem, but they still serve an imperative function. They remind us to look into the darkness.